in the SICHL. In the SICHL. Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm really excited. We have Bryce Crittenden, GM of the Vancouver Vipers, here with us today. So let's get started right away with Bryce Crittenden, GM of the Vancouver Vipers. Hey, where'd all the snakes go? Don't bother the snakes. Leave all the snakes alone. Ah, yeah. Oh, baby. My darling, I can't get enough of your love, babe. Welcome to the show, Bryce Crittenden, GM of the Vancouver Vipers. Bryce, how are you today? Really good. How about you, Ian? I'm excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, as I was saying to you, this is such a long time coming. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, I met you five years ago at the, uh, <laughs> at the first summit. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I've always wanted to have you on, uh, I have to say the idea for the podcast I got from you, I, I heard you for a fantasy league of your own there when you had Mike on one time, uh, yeah. on a, in a fantasy, fantasy league podcast that you had, uh, and I'm like, what a great idea. So <laughs> uh, credit for the podcast actually goes to Bryce. Everyone. Wow. So, I feel I feel honored there. Yeah, and that was I I think I only produced like I want to say maybe 3 episodes of it. Just you know, um sure we'll get talking about it a little bit later on, but I work on a podcast through work called Overdue Finds. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a good way to just practice uh putting together a podcast and editing and all of that fun stuff and then just got busy with work stuff and uh, haven't done the fantasy stuff uh, podcast yet again, but maybe one day I'll pick it back up. Fantastic. Uh, and the, I totally get what you're saying about something to practice with. I wish I had practiced with something before I started the podcast. Uh, you learn so much as you go. I'm still, I'm still an absolute rookie at this, but uh, <laughs> it's so much fun. So much. Fun. No, you're, you're doing a great job. I've uh, listened to the episodes and everything and yeah, it's a, it's a, such a fun show. And I, I do find that like for, for podcasts anyway, that kind of the more niche it is almost the better. So it's, it helps that, you know, there's guys who are enthusiastic in the league and, and want to be on the, on the podcast with you. So, and actually I owe you an apology because this episode's probably coming out like a week later than when you're getting it because of me and mixing up dates. So uh, apologies to everybody who is eagerly anticipating the next uh, episode of the podcast to come out. Oh, not at all. Not at all. It's, it's working out schedules can, can be tough sometimes. And so, uh, I'm just, like I said, so excited to have you on here. Let's get started. The, the GMs around the league have tons of questions for you. As you can imagine, one of those questions or a couple of these, those questions had to do with a certain topic of wrestling. Uh, (laughs) so I'll start with it. Some of us don't really understand wrestling. Uh, I was telling you earlier, I, I watched way back when, when it was the WWF and so, and I watched some stampede wrestling, but mm-hmm. why should we like it? I don't know if I should say like why somebody should like it. Like, um, I'll tell you why I personally like it. I don't think I could ever really force wrestling and somebody to be like, you should like it because <laughs> of this. But, um, you know, personally, you know, it's funny you mentioned Stampede Wrestling. Um, I grew up in southern Alberta and I also grew up watching Stampede Wrestling as well. Um, yeah. So for those of you who, you know, some of our uh, American GMs, it was it was kind of like our little Western Canadian territory. And uh, that's where obviously the Hart family came from. So, yeah, I got kind of addicted to watching that as as a kid. And then obviously kind of in, you know, as an 80s kid, like Hulk Hogan was absolutely everywhere. And um, yeah, I just kind of like 
fell in love with it at a at a young age. But I do find like most people when they watch wrestling, though, they kind of like goes like there's dips in and out in in and out of it. So, you know, I loved it as a kid, as a teenager. I think I was too cool for it, but I like still still paid attention to everything that was that was going on with it but um the one thing i you know as still as an adult you know my mom kind of uh made a joke at me uh the other week where she was like she was like oh i can't believe you still you still watch that i thought you were gonna grow up out of it and um yeah i, I really haven't and you know it's funny because people be like oh it's fake and everything which obviously it is it's you know it's scripted but um i do you know, I do find there's lots of connections between pro wrestling and comic books. So, I mean, if you're into comic books, I'm a little surprised that, you know, you're maybe not paying a little bit more attention to to wrestling. I mean, essentially, it's like a live action of these, you know, two big, uh, yeah, superheroes go, going to battle and everything. So yeah. um, it's not always great, you know, but when they do tell, you know, really great stories, it's, um, it's, it's so fun to watch and, you know, uh, being live at an event is, you know, is really fun this year. Actually, I'm going to my very first, uh, WrestleMania ever. So yeah. like in, in person, um, yeah. kind of a bucket list trip for me. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's something that's fun, obviously it's scripted and not to be taken, uh, seriously at all, but, uh, when the crowd's really into it, it's like, it's, it's so fun to watch. You know, absolutely. I went to I went to a WWE event um, back when the British Bulldogs were the the tag team champion. Nice. And Hulk Hulk Hogan was the was the champ, and uh, oh, it was just an amazing event uh, back at the uh, Saddledome, actually, as I nice. grew up in Southern Alberta as well. So uh, <laughs> that was that was a blast. Um, yeah. What got you into wrestling? Any and any favorite wrestler? Um, I think just kind of getting into wrestling, it's, uh, um, I think we're probably around similar age and, um, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan was everywhere in pop culture as a kid. And it was so fun growing up in the, in the eighties, a lot of our younger listeners might not appreciate that, but, you know, pop culture with, you know, uh, wrestling and, uh, Transformers and He-Man and all that stuff. It was such a fun time to be to be a kid. So I think I just kind of got hooked on it there. But um, I remember, I think my dad had rented me like WrestleMania two and just, you know, something he thought I might enjoy. And yeah, sure enough, I, I really did enjoy it. <laughs> Even though looking back on WrestleMania two now, it's probably one of the worst WrestleManias, but uh, it's still fun to go back and watch. But uh, as far as like favorite wrestlers go, um, yeah, obviously Hulk Hogan was kind of what got me a fan as a kid, but mm-hmm. as I've gotten a little bit older, uh, Bret Hart is probably my all-time favorite. Okay. Um, yeah, and guys like Mick Foley as Cactus Jack is, you know, okay. some of my favorite matches, but um, uh, yeah, there's oh, Rey Mysterio, so entertaining every single yeah. match he does, but uh, yeah, there's lots of really fun guys to watch. Okay, so here I'm throwing this one out a little bit um, out of left field, but mm-hmm. um, do you have any favorite moments in in wrestling history? Um, let's see moments. Uh, I think you know, you know, a couple. Just you know, going to I remember my very first uh, WWF at the time show I went to as a kid in medicine hat and saw um andre the giant and mm. million dollar man and dusty Rhodes and um yeah probably you know going to my very first live live show like that is probably one of my favorites but as far as like you know in the history of if wrestling one thing i think of was i think it was like wrestling 18 maybe where it was uh the rock against uh hollywood hulk hogan and going into the match, like Hulk Hogan was supposed to be the bad guy and The Rock was, you know, the good guy. But the event was in Toronto and the crowd really got behind Hulk Hogan. And they kind of like both wrestlers kind of switched places almost during the match. So Hulk Hogan became the good guy and The Rock became the bad guy like mid-match. And uh, that's kind of when the storytelling's done right. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was just, yeah, it's probably one of my all-time favorite matches. It's just it's so fun to watch and the crowd's really into it and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And that, that would be one too, where, 
you know, if you were to ask me like, oh, what's what's a match that you should watch? And that would be that would be probably one I you could put on for anybody and they would be entertained. Absolutely. Um, myself, it was uh, it was Hogan versus Andre the Giant uh, when Hogan uh, lifted him. Right. And uh, I mean, I watched a documentary late uh, recently where Hogan and some others explained that whole thing. And it was just, just live, going back, that got me right back into that, that documentary and that just them explaining it. I was like, wow. When it was, it was really the documentary about Andre the Giant. But um, yeah. that was just incredible. Like the way, the way those guys, because um, they play, they, they play off the crowd, like you said, right? And they, uh, I think there's a lot of adaptation, like on the fly. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. For, so, so yeah. wow, it was just it was in a it really was such a cool moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, as I've as I've gotten older, you know, probably as a teenager, I started really reading into like behind the scenes stuff and in mm. the history of it, and it is really interesting to read about like guys like you said would literally as they call it well they say like call it in the ring yeah. where um yeah they would maybe have something planned but the crowd was reacting one way so they just right. they just changed things up and it's such like a carny lifestyle for these mm -hmm. guys it's gotten better now but yeah, if you read kind of some behind the scenes uh, stories about the 60s and 70s and even the 80s it's yeah. uh gets pretty sleazy so it's uh <laughs> it's, it's 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 a really interesting history Absolutely. And, and, and like you said, like in that in Toronto, um, Hogan and The Rock reading off the crowd there when, the, when they kind of changed the, who was a good guy and who was a bad guy in it, right? Mm -hmm. Just off the, off the crowd. So, yeah. Okay. Well, moving on from there, you, you mentioned uh, your podcast, uh, the, uh, the Overdue Fines with mm -hmm. the Edmonton Public Library. Uh, mm -hmm. So you have your own podcast, uh, Overdue Fines. Have you ever discussed any books on fantasy sports on the show <laughs> or just as sports in general? Uh, yeah. So we've done like typically during an episode, we do a little kind of overdue find segment where we, myself, my co-host or whoever's guesting with us that week will talk about a recent book that we've read. And so I've recommended, you know, a few things in the past. Uh, one was, I think we had an episode close to the fall or something. And I recommended just something simple like the Hockey News Fantasy Pool Guide, <laughs> which you could like borrow, like you download a copy for free from the library. So I think I okay. I uh, shared that those details. And, um, and then also too, I uh, had a friend who used to work for the Oilers. And he was kind of one of the people who kind of helped organize the Stanley Cup uh, bubble a couple of years ago here okay. during COVID. Yeah. So I had him on the show and, you know, talked about, you know, kind of putting uh, just, you know, Edmonton hosting the playoffs, really, which is still such a crazy story to right. to think about. So, yeah, obviously we don't talk too much hockey on there, but uh, whenever I get an opportunity to, I <laughs> definitely take advantage of it. Fantastic. Ever have you ever mentioned the SICHL on the podcast? No, I haven't. I've mentioned, well, I'm, I'm the commissioner of like another yes. fantasy league called the uh, fantasy hockey association. So I've mentioned that one. I do find though, when I try to explain the SICHL to people, <laughs> like they get, I can see like their eyes start to cross. Like it gets really confusing. <laughs> and I think even too, before I joined the league, I think even when Mike, um, was telling me about it. I think probably too, my eyes started to cross and I didn't quite get the whole, like it's a fantasy league, but it's not, you know, it's not real and it's simulated. And I was like, well, do you watch the results as they come in? Like I was so confused by it. So, uh, I kind of like keep the SICHL talk to a, to a minimum on the other show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And fair enough. Um, and there is just so much to the SICHL, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, so of course you have, uh, GMs around the league, uh, following you and, and for the Vipers, but they're also following Bryce Crittenden. Um, do you, have you ever had to explain to your coworkers <laughs> who these random team affiliated Twitter accounts are who reply to your personal, uh, posts? Uh, no, I haven't. Like, it, I do find it kind of funny though, because like, I mean, not that I'm like, super active on Twitter or have a lot of people responding to my stuff at all, but it is kind of funny to like post something and it'll be like the Banff Rockies, you know, you'll, you'll reply or 
the white the white horse huskies will reply so yeah nobody's ever really like said like hey um who are the philadelphia <laughs> fire ants and why are they replying to this tweet of yours so um yeah i don't know i'm sure people look at it and kind of like or like maybe it's just a weird bot or something but yeah i know i've never been asked about it i do find it funny though yeah uh, uh that always cracks me up and i don't uh, the funniest thing is i don't have a personal account all i have is my rockies account so um everything that i so when i'm following anybody else i'm still using my band rockies which uh, i'm probably not supposed to do i'm probably gonna get a get a little email about that but um <laughs> i follow everybody with the band rockies so i do reply to uh personal accounts with the rockies account uh, i yeah, know no, i Mm, no, sorry. I think I I think that's great. And you know, it's it does kind of crack me up though when I when I do see that. And um yeah, somebody will like tweet something political and then it'll be like, oh, the um <laughs> I keep using the fire ants as an example just because I like their name, but yes. uh, you know, there'll be a reply from them or somebody else. So yeah, I, I find that stuff really funny when it is the teams actually replying to stuff that is not fantasy hockey related. Yeah, absolutely. So this next question, I actually know the answer to because I, I listened to your top five episode recently um, yeah. on, on Overdue Fine. So I actually know the answer to this, but uh, there were teams that were wondering, what's your favorite Stephen King book? Yeah, I am. Anybody who's listened to uh, Overdue Finds knows that I've uh, talked endlessly about uh, my love of all things Stephen King. But my my all-time favorite, probably I would, and I actually did mention that on my top five favorite books episode um is uh 11 63 so it's not a typical stephen king kind of horror novel but uh yeah for those who might not be aware of it it's about a guy who basically travels back in time to his job is to basically prevent the assassination of of john f kennedy and he keeps kind of running into these different obstacles which of course is just kind of fate saying like you know you can't really mess with this um yeah it's just it's um it's obviously like any stephen king novel it's, it's a little bit of a long read but um you know if you're into kind of sci-fi time travel mm -hmm. stuff is such an entertaining book and there was actually a mini series done a couple of years ago where james franco was in it and i mean it's pretty good too obviously the the book is better but um i'm also like i love kind of american history and uh stuff all about the kennedy assassination so you add that kennedy assassination with stephen king and obviously it's uh one of my favorite reads but um yeah and king also did like a ton of research just around obviously kennedy at the time and what lee harvey oswald was doing leading up to uh the assassination so yeah it's just a really really fun fascinating read well, I, I bet the Aces GM, Dustin, I bet he is, uh, he's disappointed that uh, uh, the Quantum Leap has never actually taken that on and, and <laughs> done that one, right? Because I know he's a Quantum Leap fan. So That's that right, yeah. Cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I met you at the first summit. Uh, I met you before, actually, the first summit when uh, a couple of us from Edmonton were uh, were getting together to discuss some things. And then, and then mm -hmm. of course, at the summit, so you went to the first summit, but not the second. Uh, why do you hate us? <laughs> well, there's a long list of reasons why I, I hate you guys, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I just got busy with stuff and yeah, um, yeah plan, planning a couple trips this year. So um, it was funny though, because I was talking to Mike the other night and I said how I, I regretted not going. I saw, I saw all the pictures and stuff. It was, you know, funny being at home that weekend and uh seeing all the you know my twitter timeline flooded with uh all the all these fun outings and i was like oh god i really wish i i would have gone but uh maybe maybe next time next yeah. summit i'll definitely be there i was absolutely. jealous though and i did regret not going okay yeah absolutely five years well no only four and four and a half years now so mm -hmm. to the next next summit uh i'm looking forward to that one too uh, why vancouver and why the vipers <laughs> so Obviously, it sent me, you know, a few kind of heads up questions, and this is the one that cracked me up the most. And I think I don't know if Matt's going to be offended by this or like hate me more or just think it's really funny. But here it goes. 
Vancouver was actually like at the bottom of my list of Ooh. places I wanted to have my CHL team. So in the application process, I actually really wanted a world conference team. And that wasn't like, oh, that's the weaker division. Like it was just, I thought what I, my number one pick for a franchise was Los Angeles. Like I wrote this story about how, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but it was like, oh, the event, like the cast of the Avengers was coming out to drop the puck at the very first LA game. And it just made so much sense. Like I could have so much fun uh, developing stories with, you know, having an SICHL team in Los Angeles. So pitched that, didn't get it. And I was kind of told that it'll be a Canadian team. So I was like, okay, fine. And so then because I was born and raised in Medicine Hat and I noticed, you know, we have the, we had the branded Wheat Kings. So I was like, I want to be the Medicine Hat Tigers. The, obviously the WHL team there. And uh, the note I got back from Mark was Medicine Hat's too small, which is funny because it's bigger than Brandon. So like, yeah, yeah. Or Banff. Yeah. Or, you know, Acadia Valley or whatever. So I was like, all right, fine. Uh, then I pitched, I think Montreal, I think then it was like, okay, well, what, where can I go in Canada? And it was either essentially Montreal or Vancouver. And I wanted Montreal first. I think I, I think I wanted to be like the Montreal Expos even oh, and nice. kind of use, yeah. use their colors and didn't work. And then it was Vancouver and, you know, I kind of just threw out the Vipers cause it sounded good. And that's what I ended up with. <laughs> so yeah, a little behind the scenes details of, uh, trying to start an SICHL franchise and, uh, yeah, I know Matt wasn't happy, but, you know, Matt, if it makes you feel a little bit better, I didn't even want to be in Vancouver, so. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. Okay, so you're the Vipers. Is it a locker room called The Nest? It should be. I didn't really think of a dressing room name, but yeah, sure. Let's let's call it The All right. Nest. All right. We got it here that I'll have to check which GM sent that in. You, you've, uh, you've started something here. That's great. Uh, so you have Ivan Provorov on your team. Will Ivan Provorov wear a pride sweater during a warm-up at an upcoming Vipers game? <laughs> That's right. Uh, he will. We will have oh, our pride good. night coming up. And uh, I've chatted with Ivan and we respect his uh, beliefs and everything. But uh, we feel it's important for you know, SICHL and Vancouver and our many community partners out there to show our support. And we've got lots of uh, fans in the LGBTQ community. So yeah, uh, Ivan will definitely be wearing that jersey. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so going back to uh, going back to where you where you located, um, uh, this was kind of answered, but uh, with how weak the World Conference is, Sorry, Henry, I did not come up with this question. Don't you wish you could relocate to Vienna, thus keeping the alliteration? Yeah, it's, I would totally, like if Mike's, I think Mike will be listening to this. You know, if he's listening to this, I would love to relocate to the world division. <laughs> and not because right now the oh. competition is weaker and I would be in a playoff spot. Uh, like I said, I wanted Los Angeles, but you know what? Mm. If we wanted to keep the Viper stuff, I would totally be the Vienna Vipers in I would totally do it if I could but I would push for Los Angeles okay there's got to be a snake name for uh that starts with an L yeah yeah definitely or, I'm I'll think about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right uh so the uh your your um not expansion but your uh, dispersal brothers the revolution had welcomed you by the way to the show they wanted to make sure to give you a warm welcome hmm. and they want to know what your best trade and why it was robbing your expansion brother, brothers the revolution now were you expansion or dispersal we were both expansion and it was like okay. yeah it, and it wasn't like the nice expansion rules that we have now no. like no. <laughs> it it was like ugly expansion like you know my number one center was like Sharks expansion right yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you think about those old like pro set cards okay. where they would have the players. It's like, 
uh, Craig Cox and, you know, guys like that. So that's pretty much what, you know, the revolution and the Vipers looked like during that first year. I think my number one center was like Jeff Blake or somebody like that. But, um, yeah, so we've actually, Jeff and I have done a few trades over the years and I think I know which trade he's talking about. I had to look it up, uh, earlier today, but, uh, so this, this was the deal. I sent... I sent Jeff a uh, defense defensive prospect, Mark Alt, who I think I drafted maybe in the third round. Like he was, he was supposed to be pretty solid and goal, goaltending a prospect, Adam Wilcox. I think he got maybe one or two games in the NHL. Right. In return, I received his third round pick in 2015 and a little player by the name of Matt Zuccarello. Ooh. Yeah. So that was a, uh, that was that <laughs> yeah, that you know, it really did work out yeah. <laughs> for me. So, and another deal too, actually, it wasn't like as bad as that Zuccarello deal. I think that that Zuccarello trade is like one of my favorite ones I've ever made. But another one too with Jeff is he was like at the deadline and he got kind of a couple of expiring contracts from me. So I sent him like Chris Russell and Toby Enstrom, who both had you know like early or uh, a like low 70s rating and i got back adam wilcox from my previous trade with him <laughs> and uh defense young defenseman who kind of some people had given up on and rightful and i totally get it uh anthony d'angelo so uh-huh. yeah i got tony d'angelo for a couple of uh rentals from him as well okay well uh, I think Anthony D'Angelo is going to come up in a question coming up. Uh, I didn't actually include him in the in the name in the question. The person the person didn't put him in there, but I, it, he kind of goes along with the the theme of one of the questions. So that <laughs> name might come up again here. But yeah, let's move on to the next question. Sure. Uh, do you, what advice do you have for the newbies or the dispersal or expansion teams? And we have, of course, an expansion team this year and three dispersal teams starting off. Um, one of them doing quite well, um, mm-hmm. the Regina Bisons. But what do you have uh, for advice for them? Um, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, and it took me a while to really realize this. Like, I think when I would take a look at players, I would just see, like, oh, their overall rating. It's like, oh, that guy's a 70. Awesome. I will put him on my my you know top line or whatever you know i haven't had the greatest of teams in the league uh but you know really pay attention to some of those other kind of ratings in there like your um uh like your defensive rating or your checking rating is a big one that i'll you know pay attention to and kind of try and work my uh, power play and penalty kill kind of around some of those those numbers and uh yeah the last couple years like you know being in a really tough uh canadian conference you know, it's, it's helped. I think, I don't know about this year. I know last year I was like, I think it might've been like the top three in both uh, penalty killing and uh, on the power play. So um, yeah, little, little stuff like that really, really helps your team. But, uh, and also too, like, I know a lot of, a lot of guys and rightfully so um, it's probably an area that I need to pay more attention to is um, obviously a lot of guys pay attention to what's going on in junior hockey and college and stuff internationally. But, uh, I don't know. I find a lot of guys maybe don't pay as much attention to the, to the pro game. So, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the hockey league, I run, we're a salary cap based league. So you're, you know, you're constantly looking for, uh, good deals anyway, and guys to guys to add to your team. So, um, I watch a lot of NHL and, um, I do find kind of, you know, paying attention to some of those kind of fringe players who are actually in the NHL, uh, really help. Absolutely. It was really funny talking about that salary cap league of yours. I remember Mike was, Mike was like, Hey, do you know, do you happen to know like anybody, uh, that you think might on a really cheap contract, might uh put up a couple points this year or something right so uh and i had mentioned well you know if you're looking for like just a complete base salary at the time brett kulak was actually getting some playing time with calgary and i said you know try brett kulak and i was thinking later in the draft and i guess he drafted him in your league and and i (laughs) i'm sure you're one of them but i guess the entire league was all over him for the entire year about brett kulak and after that so since then I don't think I've gone a couple months uh, without hearing about Brett Kulak from Mike. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for him because, uh, yeah, because I remember, I think he was like, had you on the phone maybe? And he stepped out of our room that we were drafting in. And it's everybody's like waiting for, for Mike <laughs> to make his pick. And he finally comes back and he's like, you know, we're expecting like, I don't know, some like real like NHL first round pick or something. Like a rookie is <laughs> going to take a flyer on. And Brett Kulak and just yeah. <laughs> the room burst out laughing. And yeah, even, you know, to this day, unfortunately, Mike's not in the league anymore. But yeah, Brett Kulak, if he ever gets, you know, picked up via waivers or traded, there's there's still jokes about Brett Kulak to this day. Right. <laughs> and I mean, he's a decent player. And oh, I, yeah. Funny, the funniest thing was, and Mike will not, will not agree to this, but the funniest thing was, like, I was not talking about him, like, way up there or anything. I was just... Yeah, if you have like a, if you only have a couple bucks left in it, and uh, and you need to get something on cheap, cheap, yeah, he might put up like twenty points this year or something. And at a, you know, at eight hundred thousand, that really works out in those leagues. But yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, we'll move on from there. Uh, I'm sure I'm gonna we'll get a we'll get a tweet from Mike uh, disputing how that went down. But we'll yes. see. <laughs> <laughs> the most popular question from other GMs. Here, here it is. This is what 95, 90, 95% of GMs want to know. Why wouldn't you budge on cider? Like, ever. Yeah, so was, uh, I assume Matt Birch was definitely one of those people who <laughs> emailed you that. Because I know, I think like, I think after I drafted him, Matt was like five, within five minutes of drafting him, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Matt was sending me an offer for him. And I'm just like, what? No, I'm not, not trading him. Uh, yeah, I've got lots of people kind of inquiring about him and yeah. which I, I always find funny because, rightfully yeah, so. and I, and I totally get it. But at the same time, I, I can't help but think of, you know, the other league, I doubt steve eiserman is getting a ton of phone calls on him only because they probably know he's not he's not going anywhere so that's how i kind of look at that one and Mm -hmm. yeah i'm really not up for like it would have to be like a sure thing like probably a player of equal age and um who's doing good like i just yeah i there's not many out there that and there's not many out there that fit into that category right no uh, around that age that are that good you know your your number one defenseman uh franchise defenseman that mm-hmm. looks like you know uh as um I, I know eric's put it this way and some others have put it this way like chris pronger you're yeah future chris pronger right and and i agree um yeah you've got a beauty there I don't, I don't see him at the moving from your team. <laughs> no, probably, probably not. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because if you look at that draft, like probably even yeah. in our league and the other league, like if you're, there might be a debate, like some people, depending on what their needs are, like you could make the case of uh cider going possibly first overall, mm-hmm. like obviously Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes is, well, you know, yeah. He's, yeah, he's really coming into his own and, I totally understand that, but you know, real life, if you're redoing that draft, uh, he goes a lot sooner than ninth. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a tough question now, right? I mean, so Jack Hughes is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, but like cider, yeah, he could be, he redraft it. He pushes, he pushes them. I think for one, like it's, it's yeah. One, a one B. Yes, right? def- definitely. Yeah, depending on what your team needs are, but uh, yeah. yeah, Jack Hughes is definitely the the flashier player, but uh, he's definitely coming into his own now. For sure. Okay, uh, this year, Jonathan Taves. Uh, so you spent eighteen point seven million. Oh, somebody did research. Eighteen point seven million dollars yeah. to acquire this premium leader. Do you think this is enough uh, to get you in the playoffs? He's also playing over 20 minutes a game. Do you think he's going to have, or do you think he's going to go through the season without getting injured? Now, this was sent a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure exactly where he is, right? What his injury status is right now, uh, being that he's a bit older and has a history of injuries. Yeah, he's been pretty solid for me this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't realize I was playing him that much. I'll <laughs> note to self, make sure I uh, maybe take him off some of those, uh, some of the penalty killing units. But um, yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, looking back on my team, there's like two things that there's like two positions I always seem to be chasing, like no matter what. And the one is a starting goaltender. Like I really mm-hmm. found like I've never had like 
you know, a couple draft picks didn't really pan out like how I was kind of hoping for, like a Calvin Picard or uh, Marcus right. Hogberg out of Ottawa. Um, I was really hoping like one of those guys would be like my franchise number one, but it just it never happened. And same with like a number one center too, like last year. And I mean, if I hadn't signed um, Taves, like my number one center would be Pavel Zaka. And I mean, he's got a decent rating, but like you just – you know, I needed like that extra little push. And that's obviously why I kind of opened up the um, the purse strings a little bit and, and signed Taves. And I mean, yeah, I really, obviously the season like right now is looking at, I think I'm like seven or eight points out of a playoff spot. But once again, I'd like to point out that if I was in the world conference, I think I'd be in seventh, <laughs> seventh uh, spot, uh, you know, in a, in a playoff position, but Hey, that that's okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really thought that, you know, he would kind of really help put me over the top, but like a lot of other teams just, and goaltending, just goaltending injuries decimated me this year. Mm -hmm. Like at one point I was using essentially my like fifth string goalie, Mm -hmm. uh, and he was like my only healthy option. So I had lost Bobrovsky for, I think like a month and anti-ranta as well for probably like the first two months of the season so um it's kind of really put me behind and um yeah i'm not sure if i'll be able to kind of climb back into it but yeah we're we're trying anyway yeah oh i mean goaltending this year the injuries and uh, i have not had that problem for injuries it's it's incredible my goalies have stayed so healthy this year um but I'm I'm right there with you. We're we're just you know we're a ways out of a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Anyways, uh, yeah, the goaltending has been has been that uh, this has been really different this year for sure. Okay, yeah. uh, so before the season, what were your expectations for the Vipers this year? Yeah, I really thought with uh, obviously picking up Taves, I got a really nice re-rate on yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. I signed Jared Spurgeon. Um, like, I think my defense, like if you look at it on paper, is like, you know, some guys might scoff at this, but I really think my defense on paper is like one of the one of the best ones in the league, like a top 10 anyway, mm-hmm. um, especially with Spurgeon. So... I honestly thought, and then just also too, with like how competitive the Canadian conference is, I thought realistically I'd be like a five, six team. Right. That's where I would kind of finish within, within our conference. But um, yeah, like I said, just re- ran into some injury problems and yeah, um, hopefully we can uh, go on a little bit of a tear here and and get back into it. So yeah, it's starting to get to that point. Once we hit those double digit numbers of uh, being like, say, 10 points out of a playoff spot and with no games in hand, it's going to have to do some thinking. Mm. And you're right that your defense score is fantastic. I mean, your fifth defenseman is a 73 still. So yeah, um, yeah. With Provorov, Cider, uh, uh, Brady Shea, yeah, yeah Spurgeon and Alexiak, yeah, absolutely, fantastic defense score. And you'd think that uh, defense scores, you know, defense score like that, you'd think <laughs> could like, yeah. Anyways, oh, exactly. Uh, it's it's been an odd year to say the least. Uh, okay, so going with that, like you you mentioned, uh, once you get to like double digit, you might think about. That was a that was a question from a GM. At what point do you decide if you're going for it or going to be a seller? And who are you most disappointed with this season? Ooh, um, you know, I'm really not. I'd have to maybe take a look at kind of the numbers a little bit yeah. closely, a little bit more closer on on my team. Maybe some plus minus numbers. I don't. I don't know if there's anybody I would say like I'm really disappointed with. Like mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they're just not cracking, you know, not doing it for me this year. I do know that the odd time when I played anti-Ranta um, hasn't really put up great numbers for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, once we hit that 10 points out, it's, it's going to be really, I'm going to have to do some, I'm going to have to do some thinking. I, I've, I mean, much like you, I imagine the, uh, the sharks have started uh, circling my team a little bit, definitely getting a few more trade requests. And, you know, I say that pretty much the same thing to everybody. Like I'm, you know, thanks, but yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm I'm, a long long way to go. 
yeah, I'm going to see, um, yeah, we still have like half a season to go practically. So, um, yeah, that's the one thing that's so funny about this league though, is, you know, there's a lot of teams that I, and I get it, but like a lot of teams will just kind of be like, you know, it'll be like week two and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm selling like, yes. <laughs> here's what's available. Everybody's, everybody's up for grabs. Whereas, you know, yeah. obviously there's, as Mike has said, uh, said to me before, there's no like real world consequences like there is in in the nhl like um you know most of these teams if you're you're a fan of somebody and your gm comes out and says like well we're we're packing it in this year and starts trading off all your guys like you know you're gonna lose your fans and the owner isn't gonna be happy so it is it is like a really weird system and uh yeah it's we'll we'll see what happens but i'm i'm gonna hang in there as long as i can yeah excellent excellent and so from another another GM, if you're a seller, do you just move uh, UFA like Taves? Or, it says and Spurgeon, but you're probably not going to want to move both as you'd probably be looking for a um, an FP anyways. But yeah. um, or do you go rebuild, rebuild and deal guys like Hall, Bobrovsky and other vets? Yeah, no, I'm definitely not. I, I'm not going hard yeah rebuild at all like i mean i've got some really good pieces that are that are coming up and mm-hmm. um like cole perfetti and uh mason mctavish is looks like he might get a pretty decent rating for me next mm-hmm. year hopefully although the sim is really weird with rookies that way sometimes right. uh uko pekka lukanen looks like he might be have mm-hmm. a good rating so he'll probably be my backup next year so yeah i'm definitely not going like full rebuild and takes another few years to get going so i do need to i do need to have some established pieces in there to kind of complement some of those some of those uh, young guys who are going to be coming in also like a guy like jack quinn as well yes so yeah i mean if any if anything happens it'll probably be one of those ufas um but yeah definitely i'm beyond the point of uh total total rebuild it just right. doesn't make sense to me yeah absolutely and i i agree 100 percent. like we said we're looking at that defense core that is not something that you just like throw away uh no. and <laughs> so you have some fantastic pieces like you mentioned jack quinn cole perfetti man um uh yeah absolutely and lucan and then we're like yeah goalies are voodoo but lucan uh looks really like he's really coming into his own as well so mm. i like that one there uh okay here we go get ready for the booze so yeah. into the 2021 draft your your pick of logan mayu was met with a course of booze do you regret making that pick or is your only regret that you don't also have mitchell miller and zachary larue to form a trifecta of evil <laughs> prospects well no i think you'll need one more because you did have or you do still have uh d'angelo as well right yeah yeah i got tony yeah i got tony d'angelo (laughs) maybe one day i'll try and get the patrick kane and evander kane and anybody (laughs) with maybe a little bit of a questionable past i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna try and acquire Um, i don't regret making that move it's you know it's funny i'm not gonna name names but after i made that pick there was a couple guys who sent me a like direct message saying like I was thinking about pulling the trigger. Like there is a cut. So anybody who boos me, you know, that's fine. You, you can boo me all you want, but if I didn't do it, somebody else would have. Now we're a league of hypocrites. <laughs> exactly. Now think yeah. about it. It would have, although I would have been funnier if Eric had drafted him. Yeah. <laughs> like that would, that would have been a way better story than, than me doing it. But uh, no, I don't regret it. Like, I mean, well, it sounds like, you know, he's, <laughs> trying to you know going through whatever it is sensitivity training or whatever it is but uh, i think he's going to be a good player and hopefully he's doesn't continue to be a dirtbag right and and this is not mitchell miller like i mean mitchell miller no. mentioned in this sentence but let's uh, let's not go to like go that far with it well yeah. i mean I, I i don't know the full the full story with uh um mayu but uh, but I, the what I do know about the story from um, from Mitchell Miller is let, yeah let's not even go there <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um, but um, yeah so at the time if I recall correctly I, I could be way off but did you have Evander Kane at the time as well 
Or have you ever had Evander Kane? No, I haven't oh, okay, had okay. Evander Kane. Right. No. I was just okay. The other guy I was thinking of was yeah, it was D'Angelo as well at the same time. So, anyways, that yeah, yeah it was quite funny though to see. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> He's got this guy and this guy. Where's where's the next guy? Going? Okay. Yeah, it was funny just like sitting there and like every like after about the third like I don't remember which round I got him in. Was it like the sixth maybe? I I don't remember, but. Uh, I remember just sitting there after the third and I was like, do I do it? I'm like, no, I think I can wait. And it was just like every round after that, every pick after that, I was just so tempted. And finally I'm like, I'm going to do it. This is you got him in the time. sixth round. You got yeah. him 156 overall, right? So yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Okay. <laughs> what is, uh, what is one player who's your white whale the player that you've always wanted that you've tried to acquire the most but you couldn't uh you know i had to really think about this um i've only done like honestly i think the only player just with being a blues fan was probably tarasenko like i think i tried to acquire him like a couple of times Mm -hmm. and it just never never worked out like the asking price was too high and um yeah, well, he was I, with Kirk, right? He was with the um, the Crunch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think and, so. And yeah, Kirk did not move on, on from players very easily, right? Like he <laughs> was very loyal to his players. Um, and, I mean, rightfully so. He put together an absolutely incredible team. But uh, yeah, um, Kirk wasn't moving on from guys, and especially a Tarasenko, very easily. He actually moved twice this year. Tarasenko. Oh, really? Yeah. So he moved just at the before the draft, I believe, and then he just moved again recently. I know. I think he's with. Wow, he's. I know now he's with your uh, your cross the straight um, cross the straight rivals, the Vancouver Island Norsemen. So, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so Tarasenko, yeah, absolutely. I could uh, I could see that to be a guy yeah. that you'd, you'd want. Um, all right, what's what's your favorite part of the league? Um, I think just like the enthusiasm from from all the GMs. Um, like I said, I I mean I run a different league and uh, kind of been with the same group of guys for oh god, like ten or twelve years, probably yeah, mm-hmm. probably over twelve years now. Um, as fun as it is, the guys definitely are not as enthusiastic about the league mm-hmm. as uh, the guys in the. SICHLR. So I think that's probably the the best part. And I mean, it's, you know, if it's not for the enthusiasm and participation of guys, then, you know, just this stuff doesn't, this stuff doesn't work. So um, yeah, I think just everybody's really enthusiastic about it. And um, yeah, I think that just makes it, um, yeah, one of the uh, best things about it. Absolutely. That's a great answer. I love, I really like that. Um, now, you may not have one, but if so, what's your greatest regret in the SICHL? Yeah, so this is an easy one. Um, and I'm still holding hope out for this player, but I learned a valuable lesson in doing this. So I don't remember which draft year it was. Uh, just let me take a look here. It was in 2018. So I believe I won the draft lottery that year or got to move up a lot in that draft lottery. And so I had third, third overall pick and I'd been eyeing Brady Kachuk the whole time, the whole summer. And I don't even remember who I was listening to. This was like a week before the draft, but they were talking about Philip Zadina and they're just like the amount of teams that passed on this guy, they're going to regret it. He's going to be like this scoring machine and I think maybe I came off a year where I wasn't producing a lot of goals and I was like, I need, you know, need somebody to put the puck in the net. So passed on Brady Kachuk, passed on Quinn Hughes and took Philip Sedina third overall that year. So um, I, I mean, kind of the, you know, some people will call him a bust, but um you know, I know he was injured a lot of this year, but yeah, that's probably my biggest regret is, you know, being there third overall and not taking the sure thing and listening to taking the advice of some crappy hockey podcast I listened to. And I, whoever it was, they totally sold me on Philip Zadina. So yeah. 
Well, you totally redeemed yourself in the next year because you have picked up more each side or ninth overall uh, in in the uh, 2019 draft. So yeah, so no worries there on that one. You, you, you got yeah. Your... I went on this like weird bender of picking up like Detroit guys in the first round because I at mm. our summit here in Edmonton, I took Michael uh, Rasmussen. And then, yeah, then Zadina and uh, Cider. So, yeah, it's uh, was going on this weird, uh, weird Detroit run there for a little while. Okay. Uh, what's your regimen for staying in peak GM mode throughout the year? Uh, well, definitely watching a lot of NHL hockey. Um, mm-hmm. Watch a lot of that. Just you know, watching out for, looking for those kind of fringe guys i might be able to try and get um and also playing a lot of call of duty keeps me sharp (laughs) keeps uh yeah i i enjoy a lot of call of duty so i don't know how many if there's any guys in the league who play warzone but if you do hit me up and we should uh have a round that's fantastic i know there's a number of us that play access and allies that we haven't done in a while we haven't played Mm -hmm. access and allies in a while but we played that uh online so uh anybody that's interested in that let's get that going too but call of duty with bryce uh, perfect. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, okay, here we got. So, uh, following your personal account, I see. I just love the Simpsons, and I, I know that you are an aficionado, aficionado of the Simpsons yourself. Uh, I I just start cracking up when I when I see some of these quotes. Uh, who is your favorite Simpsons character without the last name Simpson? Uh, I thought about this and it's funny because I think the first answer that came to my, came into my mind was Mr. Burns, but I've since changed my mind. And I think it's like Krusty the Clown. Okay. There's something about Krusty that I absolutely love. And I think it's just, maybe it's the, he's this children's host, but like, you know, when you get a, a sneak peek behind the curtain, he's just like this sleazy guy who's addicted to gambling and, uh, he spends way too much money and yeah, I love all things, uh, Krusty the clown. Like one of my all time favorites is the one where, um, he pretty much has to like change his identity cause he's lost all reinvent his money himself. and yeah, he's got to like reinvent himself and turns out he like gambling and he bet all his money on the Washington generals to beat the Harlem Globetrotters. Cause he figured that generals were finally due after all of these yes, years. Yes. Yeah. Little, little things like that. Like Krusty's Krusty's the best. Absolutely. There's so many classic lines from that, from that one episode too. Um, uh, just some of my favorites, like he's just twirling the ball in front of him. Take it out of the <laughs> yeah. And of course the Canyon arrow, uh, at the end of it, um, and my maybe one of maybe my favorite line ever from The Simpsons, the "Don't you hate pants?" line when uh, yes. over like these are just these are chafing me and give me a rash. <laughs> Anyways, so that yeah, goes to another question of mine: is is do you do you have any favorite quotes? And of course, I'm sure you do, but maybe. Get, couple of your favorite quotes from the Simpsons or favorite lines I guess yeah honestly that one from Homer during that episode where and I'll quote it a lot where it's like don't you hate pants and <laughs> yes. throws his pants on stage yeah that one's good yeah all these little lines kind of throwaway lines that like they'll, they'll always pop up in my pop into my head during like just everyday conversations like <laughs> um you know when Homer's celebrating, uh, and he's like talking about how he's SM, SMRT smart. <laughs> um, there was yeah. one I was there was an episode I was watching the other day where I don't I don't even remember which episode it was, but basically, <laughs> like the family's talking and it's talking about like doing something for other people, and it's like Homer goes, "Who wants to help poor people? Nobody." <laughs> <laughs> what can they pay you nothing like just (laughs) lines like that are so good and uh even too like little stuff with crusty the clown like the episode where uh it's an all-time favorite of mine uh where uh mr burns opens up his casino and crusty is playing he's like he has this like blue act going on in the theater (laughs) and he's singing his like herpes song or he's like herpes, herpes, bo herpes. (laughs) And he's like, he's talking about Gorbachev. He's like spot on Gorbachev's head herpes. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. So 
Is that would that be your favorite episode, or do you have another one that is an all-time favorite? You know what? My all-time favorite episode, it's not one that a lot of people will bring up, is Homer Goes to College. So I think it's from like <laughs> season five, maybe. Yeah. And yeah, it's such a great, you know, growing up, I, I rented a lot of these like college, like in the 80s, we just had all these like college movies and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you think of like Revenge of the Nerds, and yeah. Porky's, you know, these high school movies too. And it was just, it's su- it was such like a perfect spoof of those movies. Like where Homer's watching the movie School of Hard Knockers to get ready for college because he <laughs> thinks that's what college life is like. And he's got the as he calls it, the bitter, crusty old Dean, but he's like this really cool young guy. So yeah, Homer Goes to College is like, that's one where, yeah, I, I will stop and watch no matter no matter what. Hey, it's not the wallet inspector. That's yeah. so classic. Yes, there's so many from that from that episode. Agreed. Also, two from that episode, you have like Richard Nixon. He's like, you'll pay. Don't think you won't pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh so good yeah uh okay well i could talk i could talk simpsons for a long time but let's move on uh to the other league uh as we pronounce it here the nahal uh <laughs> how did you become a blues fan and why is the city museum in st louis your most favorite and least favorite place to visit yeah so um i'll start with the blues part um sure. I had to think about this a little bit and I think it was funny because like as a kid growing up in Alberta in the eighties, it was like either you were like a flames or an Oilers fan. Um, I, I liked the Oilers, I think for like most of my childhood. And then I think after they traded, traded them to LA, like I hated the Oilers (laughs) and was on like the lookout for a new team. And, you know, a couple of years later, probably watching an old like Don Cherry video or something, saw like Brett Hall, like just, you know, basically set up in what is like Ovechkin's office now, just dishing out like, you know, just scoring tons of goals uh, via the one-timer and everything. So um, it's funny too, because like, you know, at the time, you know, we're lucky today because we can pretty much put on any random NHL game that we want. But, you know, back then, you know, St. Louis Blues really didn't play on TV very much unless Mm -hmm. they're playing like the Oilers or the Flames. So um, yeah, I just, you know, uh saw highlights of them thought it was cool nobody else was really into the blues so you know being the you know young rebellious uh teenager i was like i'm gonna like the st louis blues like that's gonna be my team so um yeah it was all because of brad hall mostly but okay. uh yeah just kind of kept liking them uh all these years so not and because of rick mahar no Even no it's not <laughs> what a goal rick mahar scored so i was a flames fan and rick oh. mahar in the in I think it was '86 uh, in the uh, conference finals, uh, Calgary mm-hmm. St. Louis, and uh, I think it was something like game. Uh, I don't even know what game it was, but Rick Mahar so Rick Mahar scored this goal that was a just a beautiful goal, and he was just a work like workman. He just put in the work. I think he was their captain even at the time, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but didn't wasn't known for putting up huge goals. And I remember that I, as a Flames fan, I was just blown away by this goal that he scored and the way it lifted that crowd the whole way through. Because he had to go through like three different big steps down the ice to 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 score this goal. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, but it wasn't. It was Brett Hall, not Rick Mahar, that got it. No, oh, it was definitely Brett Hall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the uh, the City Museum in St. Louis. Have you been there? I have, yes. Okay. And uh, so I've told this story on uh, Overdue Fines. Um, okay. It's so funny because uh, it wasn't intentional, but uh, run the, I went to St. Louis for the Stanley Cup Finals, and I was in. I was there for games three and four in the city. And uh, so the night before game four, or sorry, the day of game four, I have – nothing to do like it's i think it was like maybe a wednesday or something like that so um i was like oh like i was just reading up stuff online to do in st louis and read about the city museum and looked at some photos and stuff i was like oh that that looks kind of cool and it was within walking distance of my hotel so i'm like yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go check this out and come back to the then come back to the hotel take a nap and go to the game so go there and it's pretty pretty cool little like 
art installation slash museum place. And they had this really cool, like little uh, retro pinball area. And uh, you can go up to the roof and kind of check out views of, uh, of the city, which I did. But then like to get down though, you could take this giant slide. So I was like, this looks awesome. Like there's other adults taking the slide. Like it was meant for everybody. And uh, so I'm like, I'm going to go down this, this slide. So I started going down it and I'm, I'm picking up some pretty good speed on this thing. Now, keep in mind, I haven't been on a slide since I was like, I don't know, like six, seven years old at like the playground. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like put my feet up on the side to slow myself down. And all of a sudden on this slide, and keep in mind, it's also like kind of covered in metal. It's like this cage. It's kind of hard to explain. But uh, so I go to slow myself down and my body turns and it's like my body like tumbles within the slide so as i'm tumbling my head catches like the top of the uh the, this cage and i like totally bust my head open like i stop there's blood coming down i had to like yell up don't send anybody down so um yeah and then got off and yeah i had to go to the hospital I had to get like eight staples put into the back of my head to close the wound. Oh, nice. So keep in mind too, as this is going on, that um, we're like, I don't know, four hours until puck drop maybe <laughs> of the game. And all I'm thinking of is when I'm going to the hospital and I'm thinking of like, you know, as nice as it is here in Canada that, you know, we have free healthcare. Um, anybody who goes to an emergency room knows like you're there for like, you're there for a while. It's a while. So, it's, it's so a yeah. So when I go into this emergency room, um, they, they put me in right away, obviously, because I had like blood like pouring down the back of my head. But so yeah, they got me got me cleaned up, and I all I could think of was like, fuck, like I sorry, <laughs> I I came all the way here, and now I'm not going to get to go because I'm going to be in the hospital. But uh, explained why why I was there, and they got me cleaned up right away. But they got really they got me cleaned up to the best of their abilities. But um, I joke around to this day that like I went to Game Four, of the Stanley Cup Finals that year, with um, basically this nasty gash <laughs> on the back of my head. Like it was like I couldn't shampoo it. Oh. Uh, nothing. Oh. Like it was oh, just man. it was a bloody mess. So. Uh, my apologies to the people who sat behind me because that's all they could see throughout the game was the back of my bloody head. But oh, you're in a hockey game, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, my wife wasn't happy with me at the time, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we we yeah, that wasn't a fun phone call to make to her anyway. So yeah. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Well, that okay. That makes sense then. Uh, okay. Let's so, let's move on from 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 the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the head wound uh, experience to your favorite and least favorite candy this has been a favorite now of the of, of people uh people's questions when i when i'm asking other gms uh what you want to know favorite and least favorite candies yeah so uh my favorite can and i don't know if it's i i know a lot of people have said this too like i don't know if this is a candy per se but peanut butter cups mm. um, yeah, i know it's candy. kind of a, in my opinion that's a candy yes yeah so peanut butter cups are my favorite so and you know what i'm gonna put this up there because it's been mentioned a couple times already um candy corn doesn't get enough love i wouldn't say it's Ooh, my favorite yes. but put me in the category of people who like candy corn was it Dustin of the Gators who uh, brought up candy corn and the, that it was he actually liked it? That that it was like, yeah, I, this is actually pretty good. Or I, or was he saying it was terrible? Anyways, it is it is polarizing. Candy corn is polarizing. Mm -hmm. We found out on on the podcast that candy corn is polarizing. Okay, so you like uh, you like peanut butter cups, of course. Uh, you do like candy corn. Mm -hmm. Least favorite. Uh, probably anything to do with like black licorice, like okay, yeah. black jelly beans, um, licorice yeah, all sorts. Licorice yeah, all yeah, sorts. just yeah. all, yeah. yeah, yeah, any of that stuff I want My nothing to do with. Those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like a certain generation, like it's like old yeah. people love them, and yeah. maybe it's like that was like the only candy at the time, <laughs> right. so they just got used to it, and that's what they had to enjoy. Yeah, that those and lemon drops, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Are you the grinder? We've been 13, 13, 13. Are you the grinder? And prove to us that you aren't. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, like, I'm not the grinder, and I'm not. I'm not going to be cute with my answer and be like, oh, or maybe I am. But <laughs> no, I'm really not. And I was like one of the. I don't know. I was one of the people to like make fun of the name grinder because since it's like a men's dating app basically so like look if i was coming out with that i wouldn't have called it the grinder so it is 100 not me okay yeah okay all right we'll choose to believe you uh bryce this has been absolutely fantastic uh i, I love talking about all these things with you uh of course the sachl uh, I can talk about SACHL all day, but uh, like really interesting uh, and and fantastic time talking with you today. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Great. All right, Bryce Crittenden, GM of the Vancouver Vipers. Everyone, thanks very much, Bryce. If you haven't listened to Overdue Finds, I really recommend it. Uh, it's a great listen. L lots of interesting stuff on there. Really funny uh, podcast. So uh, give that a listen. All right. So thanks again. Bryce Crittenden, GM of the Vancouver Vipers. I hope that uh, if anybody would like to uh, be on the podcast, uh, podcast, that you would DM me at SICHL Rockies. I would love to have you on, even if you've been on before. So uh, get those DMs in and hope to hear from you soon. Okay, bye for now, everybody. Take care. In the SICHL, 